When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, it's Jen, and welcome back to this episode of Success to Significance. I am delighted to introduce our guest today, Dr. Greg Reed, who is the founder of Secret Knock, one of the largest networking organizations in the world, and several other things. So allow me to introduce him to you real quickly here. For over 25 years, he has inspired millions of people to take personal responsibility, to step into the potential of their greatness. And his life of contribution has been recognized by government leaders, a foreign princess, as well as education, business, and other industries. He has published over 100 books, 100 books, 32 being bestsellers in 45 languages. Again, as I said, he is the founder of Secret Knock. It's been recognized by Forbes Magazine and Inc. Magazine as one of the top-rated event-focused networking events based on partnership and business development. He is the producer of the Oscar-qualified film, Wishman, based on the creator of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Frank Shankwitz now streaming on Netflix. And I had the wonderful privilege of going to the opening of that, the walking the red carpet with Frank. And Frank's also been on our show. So please be sure to check that out as well. And he was honored with a star, which I had the wonderful privilege of walking on and (laughs) walking on and stepping on. No, uh, getting my picture taken in Las Vegas. He has a star in Las Vegas under the Walk of Stars. And so if you ever get the chance to go there, it's right out in front of Monami Gabi restaurant across from the Bellagio. And so without further ado, welcome to the show, Greg. I'm so honored to have you here with us today. And here we go. It's really kind of a cool little run you and I have been on where we're exchanging friends, associations, alliances, ideas. And I've been looking forward to this little chat for quite a while. Well, thank you. I have been too. I mean, I'm really excited to kind of get into your head a little bit today. (laughs) So obviously you are wildly successful in a lot of different areas, but I know that it starts somewhere. And that's what we want to explore today is like, where did all this start? And you may have multitudes of different things that have happened in your life, but I'll let you take us to where you think is powerful that said, aha, that's the switch. That's what I need to look at. I think it was when I was a kid. I mean, I always had the entrepreneurial ideas and systems, but I got in trouble as a child by implementing them where today I'm celebrated. And I think it's kind of interesting. A lot of us go through that. So 
when I was just like 14 years old, I wanted stuff, but I didn't know a way to get money. I couldn't get a job. So I borrowed my dad's lawnmower and I got the neighbors to pay me $10 each to mow their lawns. And then right. I hired the other kids in the neighborhood for five bucks to mow the lawn for me. I was an entrepreneur <laughs> and I think, get what you want and you help others get what they want. And I was, said I was taking advantage of the kids and all this different stuff. We're delegating. Except I was being an entrepreneur. But again, today I'm celebrating, get all these awards for it. But back then they took away yeah, the yeah. lawn more and told me to go get a job down at 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh my gosh. So where do you think that came from? I mean, have you found like someone in your family that was like entrepreneurial that had that mindset thinking? Because you and I've talked about this before. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And I said, how do you come up with these ideas? Well, I don't know. I think they just pop in your head in the shower. We all have those million dollars ideas. But unfortunately, a majority of them go down the drain as soon as we brush our teeth. (laughs) So the concept is it's the action and that law of attraction that makes our dreams a reality. Think it, feel it, but yeah, you get off your backside, take action and do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because some people have called me Mrs. Action before because I'm all about the implementation and action, taking action, not sitting still. And you know, I've talked about the name of my book, what it should have been. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But we'll talk about Secret Knock in a few minutes. But I know that one of the things that you do very well is that you mentor people very well. So we're in COVID right now, and I call it the cocoon of COVID because when you're done, we can either fly away as a cute butterfly and be new, right? Renew ourselves, or we can shrivel up and die. Obviously, we're not doing that. But what are you suggesting to people in your mentorship now? Because so many people are making tons of money. Well, it's collaboration. It's looking Mm -hmm. for what other people are doing and adding your spin to it. You don't have to be a genius out there, but this has been an interesting opportunity for people to look at things from a different perspective. So for example, before I might have competitors in our, you mentioned Secret Knock, like in the live event industry. Well, now it's time for us to collaborate with my competitors and say, hey man, what if I promote your stuff to my group and you promote me to your group and we start exchanging some of our database and our friends and contacts, but we both deliver great content. And we double our significance. And then when things open up, we got a bigger gene pool for both of us to fish in. And that's how a lot of us are looking at things now. Or before everyone was holding on to their secret sauce or their magic, I think now they're sharing it more than ever. Yeah. You know, I actually see that quite a bit too. I mean, I was just talking with someone who's in my mastermind with you, talking about the fact that, well, I don't know. I mean, somebody said it, right? One plus one is 11. I think the great Lou Holtz said it is that we can't be an island. We've got to be out there. We have to be collaborating with people. And I more than ever have utilized tactics from other people. I give the credit where credit's due, but, you know, say, Hey, I learned like Ninja Secrets, right? With Charles West saying, Hey, I want to share this with all of you because this came from a colleague of mine, Charles Vest. Yes. Charles, Charles Vest. Vest like, you, like you're aware. Yeah. Vest. And I said, but now I want to share that information with you because it's not all coming out of my head. Now it's somebody else's head and you're getting value for it. And I think that that comes back tenfold to me because I was the Oprah who delivered it. That's beautiful. Yeah. The whole thing is, again, it is the delivery. It's the Mm -hmm. mechanism of people getting what it is that they sign up for. I think also people are looking at that now more than ever, because back in the old days, you might buy some online program and not get a lot of content or something from it. And you just go, ah, it's just a write-off. I didn't do anything with it. But today, if you're spending money on something, you're making sure you're getting the value for it. And the value proposition has got to be delivered. Yeah. And so I think that's a very powerful term because when we come out of this, people will carry that same mindset moving forward. Yeah. And 
It's like a weed. It grows. And I don't mean it badly. I'm just saying it's like a weed. It grows really, really fast where the desire to help others, because I'm sensing that now. And I've always had that because I've always been a giver, but the desire to help others is more prominent from other people coming my way. I've never experienced that. I've always given to others and others have not always reciprocated. It's just the way that human nature is. But now I'm seeing more of that people reaching out and saying, hey, how can I help? How can I help? And I'm just so excited because I've just never experienced it. I've never experienced it like that. And you and I talked about this offline. And for everyone just listening in, you can eavesdrop to the conversation. It's also though about having accountability and responsibility for stepping up and communicating what your expectations are. That's what people, a lot of people don't do. And then they get butthurt around it, but it wasn't talked about. So the whole thing is, it's kind of like, I can introduce you to this person and they have this great success and go, where am I? Why wasn't I cut in? But it was never vocalized. So I am sharing with people, we need to step out of our own little cocoon, like you call it, and start speaking up and saying, listen, I know you want to sell a plane. If I find a guy who wants to buy a plane, will you give me 20%? He's going to say, heck yeah, I want to dump this thing. I'm going to go to the other person and say, hey, if I get you a plane to buy, will you give me free airline tickets to Hawaii? Heck yeah, I've always wanted a plane. Then I connect them. It's the same exact result, but it's clarified and put out front what expectations are. Yeah, and when the transaction's made, we all benefit. Yeah, I sold a plane, guy bought a plane and I get free airline tickets. It's a win-win all the way around. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that unspoken thing. I mean, don't you think that this kind of falls along the lines of, I mean, for me, I kind of know the the above the line and the below the line of scarcity and vulnerability. I think that we tend to think that not showing vulnerability means that we're strong, but it's actually coming from a place of scarcity. And so when we show that vulnerability saying, hey, I want a little piece of this or I need some help getting some help with something that the world just opens up for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing a few deals right now that are pretty spectacular, but they're all done this way. There's a piece over here, a piece over here. And they're saying, hey, can you connect? I go, absolutely. But let's negotiate this before this happens. And by doing that, I'm still being of contribution. I'm still giving everyone what they want, but just cutting yourself into the piece of it. But some of the biggest transactions that were ever made were the people that brought like and I'm going to make this up, tied laundry detergent to China or something like that. Just the person who ever did that, brokered that deal, imagine getting a little piece of that forever or whatever. Or yeah. whatever. So the whole idea is it's a business mindset. It's not a scarcity mindset. It's a win-win-win. And I think that's the ultimate holy grail. Yeah, I think that's very important. Okay, so I want to transition just a little bit on what are you doing from the philanthropy perspective? Because I know you've been awarded a lot of wonderful things from the White House and in your work with youth. And I know that you're doing that a lot because I'm a believer in to whom much is given, much is expected. So I know that you do a lot of that too. And how do you weave what you're doing into that if you do? I mean, how'd you get started in doing a lot of that philanthropy work, working with Frank from Wishman and all of those things? How'd you get into that? I just think it's what we've always done. I never got into it. It's just who we are. I mean, the whole thing is, they always say that, you know, money's a great magnifier of who you truly are. Yes. And when you get a little bit of a windfall on you and end up helping other people out and doing some different things, it's a good magnifier of who you are as a person. And so for myself and the friends and alliances that we hang out with, we just tend to find a way to always give back and to share. And I believe everything is reciprocal anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, I always look at it as a giant fan. 
And every time I throw money at that fan, it comes back to me. <laughs> to you, so that's a great me. visual. Yeah. I, I, somebody go, why are you so generous? I go, I'm selfish because <laughs> I didn't realize that this is the way it tends to work in my world. For example, yeah. Secret Knock, we've got a great nonprofit, Pink Cans for Cancer, that we're going to be donating and raising money for. And by doing that, we all get out of our headspace, our own personal thing, and we put a spotlight on other people in need. And that kind of gets us out of our selfishness to selflessness, however that word is. Well, and the reason why I asked like how you got into it is because some people, I don't mean like you made a conscious decision, like, I think I'll just start doing this. I think you get drawn to different things based on life experiences and things like that. Like I'm really big in the veteran space. I love giving back to veterans and love doing that. And I know that you do a lot of youth and a lot of things like that. What's that one? I can't see it. That's the American flag we just got in for all folded up from some of the veterans. And oh. it's interesting. I always wish that I found one like major thing that I could get super passionate about. I just, there are so many of it's them so that I'm passionate about. Yeah. So you see people, save the spotted owls, cleft palettes for kids. They're all great things. So yeah. what I do is I just find little ones that are interest me at that time that I think I could add, be a value to. Yeah, be a value. And those are the yeah. ones I get behind the most at that time. But I've never found yeah. one individual thing. Yeah. But we've done a lot for the veterans. I've been working with some amazing groups where we go to all the military bases and we teach transitioning to all the soldiers because oh, all wow. they know is all they know. So we bring yeah. in entrepreneurs and say, look, this is, yes, you can go get a job. Yes, you can do that. And you also can start your own thing in this way, it looks like. Yeah, I love that. Are you working with Frank on his new veteran thing? Veteran? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I, remember the name Frank, of it. I knew. Yeah, it was- Frank and I work on a lot of different things yeah. together. And like I said, there's many different little projects. I got yeah. my hands in the cookie jar. And the whole idea is, again, I believe in that part of spreading myself a little bit thin because you can help more people with different causes all over the world. Yeah. That's a good concept too. Yeah, it's interesting. I just find that over time, things happen with me. I started a charity myself several years ago as a result of the Great Recession when people all lost their homes and stuff. So we started one uh, for ourselves and that then led into another charity. We started about cars, Christian cars, and we would give cars to Christians and it's a whole story at our church. It's not really that, but we would do that. And then that sort of led to now what's happening. Obviously, the veterans have always been part of my life, but led to What's happening now locally, we have something called Laws, Loudoun Abused Women's Shelter, which is Loudoun is our county. I live in the wealthiest county in the United States of America, and we have 58,000 homeless children because of women being abused and they're running out of spaces to put them. So now it's kind of shined a light on it. So I think through my experiences, that kind of thing happens. And I think that's what makes me feel more significant and more impactful in the world is when I start having an awareness of something that's going on and because we don't always have that awareness. Yeah. 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 Dave, Dave Corbin, one of my mentors and will yep. be one of yours, wrote a book called Illuminate. And he says, look, they say you got to accentuate the positive and eliminate the negative. He says it's the opposite. Accentuate the positive and illuminate the negative. As soon as you yeah, put a spotlight on it, you can deal with it. You have to yeah. face it, follow it and fix it. And by following those three steps, everything is measurable and you can find the actual steps to bring an end to the challenges at hand. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about secret knock a little bit. Cause it's, I mean, it's a secret. It's funny when I talk about it to people, they're like, I've heard of it. I go, yeah, it's really secret. So, <laughs> so we talk about secret knock. I mean, what is the passion behind that? I know you originally started to be a connector and a collaborator, just like you do now. 
what is it doing now and where do you see it going? I mean, is it morphing at any point in the future? Do you see it changing? Do you see yeah, it I going hope so. someplace? The whole idea is, yeah, if you're green, you're growing. When you're white, right, you rot, right? So always yeah. be growing and improving. Obviously, with the situation at hand, finding locations and states that we can host these events, we're having a challenge right now, but we're yeah. constantly moving forward looking for solutions. But next year, everything will start opening up again and go back as usual. But then we're going to expand and go in a different direction and bring more networking and more collaboration than we ever had before. So it started in my living room with 12 people where people said, hey, I want to meet some of your famous friends. And it grew and grew and grew. And now we're Forbes Inc. top magazine event for networking because our concept is once you're there, you're family. You don't show up with a name tag. You don't even know who's showing up. It costs thousands of dollars to go, and we will not tell you where it is or who will be there. But right. once you're in the room and you're having tacos next to the guy who started Ugg Boots or right. the person who invented the credit card, Magnetic Strip, Trillion Dollar Enterprise, or if you're hanging out with these people, all of a sudden your associations start changing accordingly. And that's what I want for people. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I mean, it's already changed my life in the short time that I've been part of the mastermind. Haven't even been to Secret Knock yet because of COVID. But in the short time that I've been in the mastermind, it's definitely changed my life very, very quickly. And there's a lot of propensity with City Summit and what happened and all of that there. And I'm just so grateful for all the opportunities that have been presented to me. So I want to ask you this question as we kind of finish up today. I want to ask you this question that the people that are listening to this podcast are really in this, I assume, and I assume we all are anyway, in a quandrum of saying, okay, so I'm very successful in my business. Maybe, maybe I want to be significant. Everything from that. I have a story to tell. I have wisdom to give. Should I stay in my J-O-B or should I transition into entrepreneurship? And now's the time to think about it because we're all at home thinking and we should be thinking, we should be using this time appropriately. What advice do you have for people that are listening that are saying, do I, don't I? They're sort of on two boats, no matter what the boats are. And they're like, ah, what do I need to do? What should I be doing? If their goal is to make more of an impact and be more significant in their own lives for their families or in the world. Okay. That was a big question. So I know. those are in different directions. And <laughs> I'm going to give just my honest view. I'm yeah. not a therapist. I'm not a coach. I'm not a thing. I think people need to follow their own heart, their own instinct. But I do think is that people need to stop listening to opinion and start seeking counsel to make that choice for themselves. And the difference is opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge or inexperience, like a family friend, perhaps, who's never done what you want to venture upon, where counsel is based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If you go to a family friend and say, I'm going to write a best-selling book, they might try to protect you to keep you safe because you got a D in English and they've never written a best-selling book. <laughs> right. If you see counsel from Mark Victor Hansen who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, yeah. he's going to sit you down and say, listen, here's what you need to know before you get started and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and yeah. ignoring people's opinion, that's the day your life would change. Stop listening to people that don't know what they're talking about. So powerful. So powerful. I mean, it goes to the depth of my core. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, I, normally on these, I get to drop a, a little bit, of, a few little truth bombs. And so before we shut up here, I got to do at least one or two of them. Yeah, go. These are the things that ahas that have impacted my lives and the millions of people that we've impacted around the globe through the books and the films and things. One is called CPC. I wish someone would have taught me this when I was 20 years old, it would have changed my life. But it, it has now. And it works like this. It's an acronym, CPC, that stands for Clues, Patterns, Choices. 
Yeah. It's accountability and responsibility for everything that happens. Stop blaming other people. It works like this. If I'm a single guy and I go out on a first date and the woman happens to be 20 minutes late, well, there's a little red flag, but anything could happen. Yep. But it's a clue. clue. And if I go on the fifth, sixth, seventh date, every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms the P, the pattern. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. Stop trying to change people to fit in your own little paradigm box. But we see people yeah. with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business thinking, oh, it'll be different for me. Things go wrong and you're mad at the person. We yeah. saw the clue. We saw the pattern. We made the choice. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister. You go to pet a kid bit and you're mad at the snake. <laughs> Looking back on life, rarely are we angry yeah. at the relationships that didn't go good or the business things that didn't expand as we expected. We're just angry that we stayed in too long because we saw the clues and saw the patterns, but we made our choice too late. Yeah. You taught that like one of the first times in our mastermind and I started putting that into play. And I want to tell you, it saved me thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars, because when I started making decisions, and if I didn't know a pattern, right, is there a clue? Were they late? Did they whatever? But the pattern, I went out and I sought counsel on people that had used them before. And I started seeing patterns because sometimes you can't see the pattern if you're going to buy a product. And I was seeing the pattern like reviews it would be the same as a review. And the choice was, no, I'm not doing it. And you know what? The next day, something better came along in the same service. Yeah. And I think if we stop and look back at life, for example, if I'm doing a book deal or I'm doing a business deal and someone's right about to do it and they fall out, I always go, woohoo, <laughs> that just saved me some challenge. <laughs> and then you always something better pops in. And so as all how we look at it, but the most successful people have the fewest people in their sphere of influence because they're always looking for clues or seeing the patterns, but they make their choices instantaneously. Yeah. And they're careful about the people that they do relationships with. That's why we form secret knock. It's like, how do you surround yourself with people that are vetted, that are positive, shouldn't searching, that want to hang out and help one another. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think that's really good. And listen, if you're listening and you are, while you're listening here, that CPC is probably one of the most powerful things that he talks about. I want you to talk about something else though that you talk about as it relates to counsel. I'm going to just go ahead and add on this extra little thing since you were going to do some truth bombs here. Talk about sand and counsel because it's yours. I don't want to repeat it. It's yeah, your... well, feel free to borrow all of this because I, Oh, I do like, when I'm talking uh, to other people, but now when I'm with you, you explain it better. So I realized the power of hand in the sand. And what that means is, imagine if you went and took a handful of sand. Well, obviously, it'll start slipping through your fingers. And that's how we should look at all the counsel versus opinion that comes our way. So yeah. if you're going to start a brand new business and someone comes up and says, hey, you should do this. Well, if it makes sense for you, you say, thank you very much. And you keep it in your palm. If not, you say, thank you very much rather than, yeah, but. And you let it slip to your finger. Yeah. And as you close your hand with all those little molecules, that becomes the program that works for you. That's how I've personally stayed sober yeah. for 33 years. That's personally how I've raised my child. It's how I've done relationships. It's how I do businesses because I take little nuggets from people and I use and apply, apply, put in application the ones that work for me the very, very best. Yeah. But again, seek counsel. I'll give you an example of how it works everything. When I went to Mount Kilimanjaro, I did not ask a dope smoking surfer here in California to take me to the roof of Africa. I found the Sherpa that I climbed at 900 times. Wherever right. they put the blueprint, I put my blueprint. When I went to Spain running with the bulls, I didn't just wing it. I found the guy who wrote the definitive book and said, 
hey, man, where do I go have a good time and not get killed? He goes, oh, that's easy. On this turn over here, stand right between. Right. Hold from right. one side, people are here. You have a great time. That's what I stood with my video camera. So the whole idea is seek counsel because the most successful people are also the most available and they're willing to share this yeah. advice. And it's priceless, by the way. And I heard someone say this a long time ago. You think it's expensive working with a professional. Try working with an amateur, right? It'd be more expensive because there's so many more mistakes that are done. You don't get to the end result. And you know, that's true. You know, working with a high-end professional only hurts once. Right. <laughs> and then after that, you peel that's it. Right. Exactly. It should pay for itself tenfold. Right. Whereas the other just strings it on and you delays your success, delays everything that you want to have in your life. So in your life, when you think about all the exploration you had, all the people you've met, all the wonderful things that you've done, is there one, if there is, that just stands out for you? Yeah, well, I'm a family guy. So being a single dad is the greatest experience I ever had. And so having my son, I'm learning all the little life lessons that I don't see clearly because I see it through a different person's set of eyes. Mm -hmm. It's probably the greatest experience I ever had because every week I'm learning something new or I'm seeing something from a different point of view that I never saw before. So that's been my greatest experience. And then as far as business goes by, I think I, the United Nations, I won this award called- I, know, I was going to say, you've been Summit. everywhere. I'm going to see if it's up there somewhere, but it was really cool. I got to stand at the United Nations. Yeah, it was right here, right at the same podium that all the popes and all the presidents and all the oh, people wow. stood and receive an award for entrepreneurship. And I got to tell you, looking out over that whole audience and the sea of people and the little headphones was one of the greatest experiences I ever had. Oh, yeah, that's right, because everybody's listening. What'd you get it for? What did you get honored for? That's a great question. I have to go pull it up. It, it, was, some, <laughs> it, was, uh, it just felt good. It doesn't yeah, matter. It, was, it, it doesn't matter. It could be because yeah, it's cool, mushrooms. Yeah, looking, looking good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting because after a while, there's a great quote by Napoleon Hill says, if you do more than you get paid for, eventually get paid for more than you do. Yeah. And it's the same thing in this industry. You start making an impact in your life, then every single day something shows up on the doorstep of people with their appreciation because you impacted their lives in a positive way. Yeah. And that's when you know that you're making that residual effect, that compound effect, that ripple effect to impact the masses. And that's something that I strive for each and every day. It's kind of like not what I can do to put the best thing out there. It's like, what can I do to impact someone so that they can share that message and impact somebody else? Yeah. Oh, I hope you all can feel the energy through the microphone. And if you're watching us on video, you can see it because I'm feeling it. I'm such an empath. And it's just amazing because it's just these little nuggets of wisdom and these little bites of information that are so powerful. And I could listen to you all day, Greg. <laughs> so well, I'm going to drop one more. Baby. I know we're going to stop. Yeah. I got one more bomb to drop and then we'll stop if it's okay with you. Yeah, of course it is. Are you kidding me? One of my favorite interviews I ever did was a guy named Steve Wozniak who invented Apple computer with Jobs. And I asked him a question. He says, why is it that you and Jobs had so much success in your life? And he says, we embraced our lack. You know, what do you mean? He goes, well, everyone else runs from what they don't have. We ran toward it. And I said, give me a definition. He says, well, when these little microchip processors came out, he goes, they were so expensive, we could only afford one. He goes, Jobs sold his Volkswagen. I sold my calculator. We pooled our money to buy one of these little magical devices. He goes, but Hewlett Packard would make machines that go from point A to point B with 20 chips and all the money of God. He right. said, I'd pull away five and go from A to B with 15. I'd pull away five, get it to work with 10. Eventually, we went from A to B using our one, one. chip. He goes, we were not trying to be innovative. We were not trying to be cool. We could afford one chip. 
He goes, but by embracing that as an opportunity, we yeah. found the shortest, cleanest path. And by doing that, we changed the way people do personal computing for the rest of the world, for the rest of their life. He says, where could you be right now in your own business, your own chosen field of endeavor? If you stop looking at something as your greatest challenge and obstacle, but it could just be your greatest blessing and opportunity in disguise. Yeah, which is why you call it opportunity chair in that's mastermind. Exactly it. <laughs> Not your challenge chair. That's yeah, right. Your, it's your opportunity chair. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. I never knew that story. It's so funny. You watch all those movies and you read about them and stuff, and I just never knew that particular story. So because you had the ability to meet them and talk about it, how great is that to have that? Well, it's, it's really cool when you get to see them in real life. I remember I was yeah. watching this guy talk about this, Marty Cooper, the guy who invented the cell phone. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Well, so I was watching it on 60 Minutes. And three days later, I'm in his office. And I'm going, Marty, I go, I'm working on this book called Stickability, The Power to Persevere. I go, what does stickability mean to you? And he said, stickability has to be parallel with flexibility. He says, if you're not willing to adapt and adjust, you'll get stuck. And right. he told the story about a spider monkey. He said, in the rainforest, you can't catch it. It's too wiry, but one hunter figured it out. He took the heavy log, drilled a hole, dropped the peanut, left it at the base. The monkey would grab a hole. The nut in his fist becomes so big, he can't pull it back out. And all he had to do was let go. Right. And the moral is, though, are we holding on to our own nut in life? But it could be in the form of that job or that deal or a car or fear or guilt or the past. And what we're holding on, like the monkey was holding on to the nut, could also be the thing that's leading to our own demise. Yeah. Sometimes we have to have the courage and the fortitude to let go and adjust and adapt so we can live to fight. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's a challenge because I'm not perfect at it. I'm not even close because I have challenges like that. And it's a good reminder of it because I know the story is with the monkey and a banana too, right? And yeah, and I tell them, well, it's in, (laughs) in the movie... Tommy boy, he does that with his sail. If you've ever seen that scene where he's talking about his sail and he's holding a piece of bread, right? He's holding a bun and he's like, this is my sail. And then I beat it up and I did this and I did that and I squished it and I tore it apart and I, and then I didn't have a sail. And that's exactly what we do, right? We just hold on to so many things and I know I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. And that's why I do the podcast because I learn. I learn. It reminds me and I learn and I grow and hopefully the people that are listening are growing as well. So. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for gracing me with your presence for this. I really, really appreciate it. And if you have a parting quote or thought, floor is yours. Raise your standards. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I remember having a chance to sit with Evander Holyfield, the old boxing legend. I said, how did you win more heavyweight championships than anyone? He says, I have a higher standard. In sports, I showed up early. I left late. I invented exercises. I had a higher standard and I won more championships. And I said, but didn't it hurt being in a fight? It says, yeah. yeah, but when you're in a fight, you don't focus on the pain. You don't focus on the blows. As soon as you focus on the pain, you end up on your back knocked out. But that's what people do outside the ring. They focus on gas prices, war, economy, and then they wonder why they never become a champion. And he yeah. pulled me in tight. And the Adonis of a man missing half an ear bitten off by Mike Tyson. And he says, you know what the funny thing is? He says, when you do win the championship, everyone comes to their feet and they chant your name. They raise your hand in victory and a guy puts a big shiny belt around your waist. He said at that moment and at that second, you don't feel even one of the punches you took along the journey. But the guy in the losing locker room will have every bruise, every excuse for the rest of the life wishing 
and higher standards. So listening to this podcast, hang out with amazing people, seeking counsel, that's how we raise our standards. Thanks for having me on. And I look forward to seeing you face to face, eye to eye one day soon. Oh yeah, in a couple months, <laughs> a couple months, yay. So thanks everybody for listening in. And just a quick reminder to please go and give us a great rating. Please give us a great review. We love hearing what you have to say about all of our shows. And we look forward to catching you in the next time. Take care. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.